Thank you very much. Yes, so I'm Stephanie Preisner. Um, welcome to this very sunny uh, Saturday morning in Galway. Um, so I have on the panel with me Shauna Kerslake, Kirsten, Kirsten Smith, Kiwi, who we're going to call Kiwi, um, and Louise Kiley. So we're running a little bit behind, so I'm just going to jump into it. Um, you've probably all seen the biog, so you don't need to know who we are. Um, but it might come across as we talk. So, um, Shauna is an actor, and uh, then we have Louise, who's casting, and Kiwi, who is a writer and a director. So I guess I just want to start by asking you guys, and I'll ask all of you, kind of how it started. I'll come to you first, Shauna, because you're closest to me. Um, so you're an actress, and I just want to know about maybe some characters, or like, where did it all start? Why did you become an actress? And were there any characters in your childhood where you begin to reading, or... If you want to sit a little bit closer to your oh, mic. Yes. I was like, are you going to pass me that? No, <laughs> this is mine. Okay. <laughs> um, so it started for me, um, the first feature I did was when I was in college studying arts. So I was kind of, I had always done drama and speech and drama and my mum had sent me to classes and all that kind of thing. But um, <clears throat> I never really knew people could do it as a job. So when I went, I uh, was in my drama class and a casting director called Nick McGinley came in and he put me on tape and I made a bags of the monologue I was meant to do and all that kind of thing. But he sent the tapes off then to Maureen Hughes who was cast in Dollhouse with Kirsten Sheridan. And they called me in from there and I didn't have a clue. I just came in and was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And auditioned and it kind of went from there. And then when I was on set for like the first time doing a feature, I was like, oh, so this is, you know, people do this as a job and oh okay yeah I like this and I kind of then realised if I wasn't acting I don't know what else I'd be doing because even throughout college I was still doing drama and it was kind of like you know my saviour at the end of the week every Friday to kind of go and but um, yeah so that's where it all began kind of for me sorry I actually just kicked her under the table by accident and that's what <laughs> shut her up and I didn't mean it it's like, just okay, that I've been I, I'm sitting here and I just kicked something and I was like, oh, she now thinks that I'm... So I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a nice segue and I will move on and ask the same question to Kiwi, who I won't be able to kick. Um, uh, were you big into reading as a kid or into films or what characters kind of did it for you? Yeah, I was. I, was, I grew up on a sailboat and I didn't have any television. So wow. I was always reading and, and uh, writing little stories and so... That was just that was my way of entertaining myself. I was an only child, so and then I, I moved into poetry when I got into college, and uh, I worked in a video store as a teenager back when there were video stores. They were amazing, <laughs> and so I loved movies. I mean that was just my thing, and got to college and realized, um, you know, poetry is not going to be a very lucrative pursuit. So. I could maybe do this thing called screenwriting. And I went to college in Los Angeles and got an internship there where I was reading lots of screenplays. And that's what sort of taught me like how to understand the form and understand structure. And I wrote a screenplay in college and, um, and then you know, ultimately met a writing partner through this, through this internship through, that later became a job. And, and then we just decided to take a stab at it. Fascinating. And Over is you know, margaritas one night <laughs> on cocktail napkins. <laughs> and is it the, the characters that kind of speak to you, like when you were starting out, or more of a plot that kind of comes to you first? Or 
I mean, yeah, I think it's it's having that that idea of a great character who finds herself in a funny situation, and that in itself is creates some sort of concept. You know, like if you can think of the most an unusual character being forced to do an extreme thing in order to achieve her goals, then that that can create a, a big idea. Great. Yeah, yeah. And Louise? Um, well, I was, yeah, speech and drama, always growing up. Lots of drama classes. Any time I could get on stage, I was like right up there. And then I did law in college, and as much as I was in sort of lectures and stuff, I was in the theatre more. It's just always where my heart was, um, whether it's kind of on the stage or backstage or whatever it was. And then I went to the Gaiety School of Acting and trained for two years, and then was a very successful actor for a few years, clearly. Um, I was an actor for a while. And, uh, and then just decided one day with a very good friend of mine that we would be casting directors because we had no idea what that meant or <laughs> but we thought it sounded cool and we sort of winged it. And actually Liz, Gail, who's here tonight, uh, our very, very first short film we cast, which was extremely exciting because it was such a... You know, we were like, yeah, we're casting directors. And, uh, and Liz Gill was very kind. Uh, that we, It was our first short we ever cast. Within like a couple of days of deciding, and we used Reraw Nightclub as our, as our stage, I suppose. So there was a bit of a smell of beer. But apart from that, it worked. <laughs> so beyond that, it was just kind of like, yeah, just kind of taking it as it comes. And since then, you've become one of the most uh, working... In casting some of the most, like casting Red Rock, Red Water, Can't Cope, Won't Cope, and A Date for Mad Mary, I'd be really interested to know what are you know some of the most challenging roles for women that you've cast in the last few years and, and why you think they are. Um, okay, I mean, there have been so many over the years. Um, and, of course, finding the character on the page is, is often you know so clear. And then, of course, when you match it with the right actor... It kind of comes to life. Um, I mean, a day for Mad Mary, which is on, which was on her screen last night. Obviously, that Shauna played was the, as far as I know, was so good. <laughs> um, is, I mean, we're kind of lucky that that's on because it is an incredible role that Shauna and actually the whole cast yeah. were all women. Do you know what I mean? <clears throat> it was a, it was an amazing script and beautifully played, I believe, by the actors. Um, Red Rock, which is the TV series that we do for uh, TV3 on a kind of a long-form basis. It's like a long-term, long drama. Uh, there's a lot of very strong females in that, um, whether they be kind of women in trouble. Fiona, who's over there, was in episode one, I believe, and played a, a lady with, um, with early onset of Alzheimer's. So that was cool and interesting, I believe, to kind of explore. Obviously, the women who are the Garda, um, they get to kind of be in very interesting positions. So... Yeah, because we're lucky enough that we, the, my team and I, cast a number of projects, there's always something very kind of exciting for a woman there. Um, actually, more than once. It's, it happens all the time. Yeah, loads of them. How did you find these, the ladies from Mad Mary? Was it extensive? How did um, it come quickly for you? Yeah. I didn't mean was, to hijack that. That's fine. No, that's totally fine. <laughs> I'll just sit here. Um, you know, obviously Sean I'd met before. You'd been into us a few times. Yeah. Charlie, who plays Charlene, mm-hmm. um, and Sean at the time were um, in Bow Street, which was then the factory. So it's this very sort of cool and like successful academy, I suppose, for for film actors. Yeah. And obviously we've been in there. Um, <coughs> the casting for Mad Mary, Darren, the director, is in the back there. 
um, and he'll agree, I believe, that uh, and the producer obviously is that it was it, it was kind of ongoing until the movie was made, and that's not just it wasn't sort of like six to eight weeks. It was kind of we'd go go into it and then come back to it over kind of a couple of years. So Shauna was uh, auditioned quite a lot, um, and and as the sort of script developed and changed. Over that time, um, we sort of found the actors in a very sort of organic way, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the end of it, uh, obviously it was Darren's call, but um, it just felt like we had found people who sat very well and matched and brought a different kind of... Every person has a different feel. And Siobhan, who plays Leona, for example, the other bridesmaid, um, she has such sizzle on camera. Yeah, yeah. You know, she gives yeah. kind of such colour and depth to the world as well. So yeah. it's kind of an organic process, I suppose. Yeah. And so I'll jump to Shauna and your experience of playing that role and and the other female... I mean, you probably only can play female roles, being a female. Um, but, uh, I mean, no, not necessarily, but, you know, um, that's a different uh, panel discussion. Um, do you want to talk about uh, your the challenging roles that you've played or, 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 or what kind of characters you align yourself to? Um, well, I have to say I've been really lucky with the roles that I've... I've landed like I was saying with Dollhouse that was like uh, my first feature and it was a lead in that and she was kind of like a troubled young girl t- trying to find her place in the world much like Mad Mary which it, like when we got the script to that I was kind of like oh this is great because I mean not only is she a woman so I get the chance to play her but she's like there's so many things there's so many parts of being a human being like that I got to explore in her so that was amazing and then I just finished this series by Stephanie prize now <laughs> called can cope won't cope and in that i play a girl called ashling and you know she's kind of figuring out so i've been really really fortunate to have like some really big strong female roles and Kristen, um i'll jump to you about writing them and directing I'm, I'm them taking off my tights as a mentor <laughs> okay that is your prerogative and you do what you want <laughs> um <laughs> getting comfortable <laughs> the i suppose the the process of writing kind of those sort of strong female characters or directing them getting those performances out of an actress um what has been your experience of that or do you find it i mean i just think it's it's really about casting it's the marriage of of the character with the right person and when that happens i mean that's just that's the that's the magic of movie making right mm-hmm. um so in terms of extracting it I think ideally you don't have to extract too much if you've if you've made the right decision in terms of your who you're I suppose but the the casting director is really relying on that character jumping off a page and so then it does come back to the writer of being like getting that that character and in all of their glory onto the page and is that something that like do you sit and think like I have to create a really strong female character or it just comes. I mean, that's that's what I want to see in a movie. Yeah. So that's that's the goal anyway. But um, you know, I had a really rewarding experience getting to create a character with an actress, um, Anna Ferris, who I don't know if you guys know well, but um, we had like a coffee meeting with her and and said, we love your work, and if there's any, you know, if you have any characters, character ideas or movie ideas, let us know. And she was said. I always wanted to play a Playboy bunny who gets kicked out of the mansion, um, and and then and then she's like, and then maybe she 
gets addicted to drugs, and then she's maybe raped by a priest. And I, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> she was going down this very dark hole with it, and she's like a, known for her comedic abilities. So um, we said, okay, let's think about it. And then we went back and um, found an old idea of, of a, a very uptight, buttoned-up woman who goes to a sorority. Do you have sororities here? Maybe not. No, but we know about them, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And becomes a house mother for a group of wild and crazy girls. So we thought, oh, maybe we should flip it and have the house bunny be with, like, very uptight sorority girls. And and then we came back to her and said, okay, so so maybe not the drugs or the, the raping part, but what if you were a sorority house mother? And she was like, Oh, she would say, okay, well, tell me a little more about it. And then we would meet and collaborate and talk through. And we built that whole story together over the course of about five months and then went out, the three of us, and pitched it to, to studios. And it took us a long, it took us about 20, 21 pitches to finally find someone who would buy it. But that was so fun being in collaboration with the person who came up with the character and, and getting to kind of put on a little stage play every time we'd walk into a room we'd start to tell the story and she'd, she'd be like what should I wear today and oh the green short skirt and the pink shoes and the playboy yeah, ears yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to jump back to you Louise um, do you see and I'm, I'm aware that this is kind of a leading question but I w- was wondering about the differences you notice or don't notice um, between male actors and female actors when they come to stand in front of you to, to audition um, that's the question yeah. men generally have short hair no um, you know that's yeah I'm trying to okay I suppose I'm leading you towards ask, uh, discussing um, things that we can do as women no. for our own confidence and putting ourselves out there. there you know there's been a lot of statistical studies about like the alpha personality being like it's not just that it's men that have that. Some women have it, but across the board, it tends to be more masculine. Right. And women, like the the difference in pay scale and the difference in opportunity, is often because women are less, um, oh, you know, like confident yeah. in putting themselves forward for things, yeah. asking for the raise, asking for the job. And I'm just wondering if that's something that you notice in casting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I sp- you know what? I'm not entirely sure that it is. I would think as a sort of a general male, female um, note to people, the more prepared you are, the more kind of work you put in in advance of coming in for the meeting, the more you realise that we want you there, we really want you to be good, I really want you to be good, do you know what I mean? That the people in that room are keeping their fingers crossed so if that gives you some form of confidence, whether it's a woman or a man, and if you look at the page and say, okay, so I don't have blonde hair, do you know what I mean? That, you know, so therefore I'm written out. Or, you know, you're sitting outside and you might see somebody who you saw on TV last week and that little voice in your head, which is just a little bit of insecurity or, or a sort of sla- a slight lack of confidence, sort of writes yourself off a tiny bit. Now is the time for you to hear that, that please don't do that. Do you know what I mean? So whether you're a woman or a man, what I would ask is that you prepare really, really well and know that we want you to be comfortable and we want you to be safe and we want you to, to be great and 
people that work alongside me and I don't think that it's a unique thing that we have but it's really important for us to make you feel safe and to take as long and be nurturing within that space um, so I'm not entirely sure if it's a if it's a, you have to have a slightly more alpha personality or not because to be honest to create um, a diverse interesting 3D world we need all different types of people and we need all different types of energy but, it, but to, to get that part I suppose all I would just ask is preparation and, and a bit of self possession and knowing that we, we really want you to be great because you're there for a reason do you know what I mean we've done a lot of work to get you there mm-hmm. yeah I think it's I, I think it's interesting as um, like w- when I used to act or when I do act seeing the the characters I suppose the reason that I wrote Can't Cope Won't Cope was because I didn't see myself represented in Irish television and so I feel that it's very um, I felt like it wasn't it's not very useful for me to see characters on film and television always make the right decisions that's just not useful for me so when it comes to me making a big fuck up in my life I'm like oh I'm the only one who does this because everyone else's life is so rosy and so um but when I would get a script, the sides, you know, it would always be, I, I the, the male characters always seemed more diverse and more deep. And I, I just remember, and like from a very young age, being like, why? I wish I was a man. Like, I wish I could do those like really cool characters, not just like stand in the corner. And also, I used to be, um, I used to be heavier, and so that 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 also counted me out. And so I guess um, my question coming to you, Shauna, and I'm just trying to work out how to phrase it would be um would you notice like in the sides that in the characters that you're sent for apart from the ones that you've landed like the ones that and like maybe there are earlier ones that you haven't landed or across your theater work because i know that you do that a lot is there do you do you notice the difference between the, the 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 male characters that you'd be reading opposite and the female ones that you're playing um, a lot of the time, yeah, like you would get a script and you'd kind of be like, oh, you know, and that's terrible, but you're you're kind of looking for something within it. And sometimes, yeah, it is, you're like, you know, the girlfriend or the sidekick or the, you know, um, the kind of secondary character. And that's, like, you know, there are different roles you have to play and that's, that's cool. But sometimes, like I have seen scripts that women characters... I'm kind of like, well, why that could not be a woman? Why could not be a woman? You know what I mean? If they could just take gender sometimes off things, but uh, to give us just a chance. on that note, we do ask that question very, very. Oh regularly. yeah, no, yeah, yeah. As in, like you know, and and it's never met. I mean, uh, like resoundingly uh, by mm-hmm. a producer or a director with no, it definitely has to be that. And when it comes to sort of detective, inspector, nurse, doctor, lawyer, everybody, all those. I mean, like especially in television. It can absolutely be all of those things. Yeah. So we do make sure to kind of... Yeah, and you see it more often, yeah. like, especially here. I don't know what it's like in the rest of the world, but, like, here you do see that more, like, and it, it really is, I feel, changing a lot of the time, like, because yeah. I know you guys do that. Yeah, and we do, yeah. Like you. Yeah. So, yeah. Best person for the job. Yeah. Unless, yeah. you know what I mean. Unless it's like... I have to say, though, from writing, <laughs> from writing Can't Cope, Won't Cope, um... My na- and it's probably just me, but naturally I would always be like, man one, man on train, man this. Really? And then, yeah, like just, and, and then I would be like, hang on, why? Like, she's just asking him for a phone charger. Why does that have to be a man, you know? And it's like my own, just, I don't know, it's just yeah, like, yeah, like extras or extra people are men. 
you know? Yeah. And then it was the... Pre- Unconscious bias, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have that when you're writing? Or are you yeah, way better than me? Um, I think... <laughs> In terms of, like, yeah. feminism. Yeah. I mean, I, I... I think so. I think we all do, you know? It's just, like, it's the way that we're... That people are wired. I mean, I think in Hollywood, like all studio executives are are wired, have been wired that way to to look at um, for when thinking about who to direct a large scale um, action movie, for instance. Uh, if it's going to be a woman, there's Catherine Bigelow, and that's it. You know, um, so that that's changing now. Um, there's been so much written about it and uh, about kind of exploding that unconscious bias on the part of people who hire filmmakers mm-hmm. um, it's a big topic and I think it is changing I think it is changing but it, it's changing slowly and I know from my own experience that it hasn't changed within like even though I'm all for it and I'm creating radical female characters I have to admit that when it comes down to like the minutiae or when I'm imagining a crowd scene it's gonna it's mainly men in my head and that that has to be kind of switched okay so I'm kind of done with my questions uh, so I'm gonna um uh open it up to the floor yes um i'm going to repeat the questions because this is being recorded for um um my question is for you um i'm american and for my generation 10 things i hate about you she's the man legally blonde like really set the sort of feminist tone for my generation and so i want to say today that's that's really nice to hear It's so good. And just how, because I mean, that was 16, 17 years ago. Like, was it difficult to get those films pitched or like done? It, you know, what's funny is it wasn't actually because in that time, um, well, it was sort of this weird... Remember teenage movies were having this big mm-hmm. resurgence in the, um, in, the 90, in the late 90s. And, uh, and I think Disney wanted to make a teen movie. They had like a, a corporate mandate to make a teen movie because Clueless had come out mm-hmm. and um, <coughs> Romeo and Juliet was kind of percolating and about to come out. And, and so we were in the right place at the right mm-hmm. time. But, you know, there was a lot of discussions with that script about making sure that Kat was likable. And in the in the original script, both of her parents were uh, um, there in the script, and they said, you need to get rid of her mother so we understand why she's, you know, so angry all the time. So I, I think it ultimately helped the story, but and we found a way to make it work, but I thought that was funny. You know, there's always that question of... Can we want to make sure she's more likable? Um, in Legally Blonde, we added in uh, scene scenes very late in the process to make sure she was likable and intelligent. And it was it's funny that you know those were ongoing conversations. And and again, I think you know the one of the scenes is in the store in the store when she's like kind of outsmarting the the shop girl who's and that came very late in the writing and it's a it's a it's a beloved scene so sometimes those those notes end up really serving you but um but it's funny now too I mean someone asked me last night okay so you've been 
you've been part of this change in some way, which I didn't really realize was happening at the time. I was just writing what I believed in and wanted to write in the movies I wanted to see. But, you know, wh where do you fit now? What do you, how do you go forward in your life when everybody awareness is here and heightened? How, how do you how do you like move on and not be stuck in? So I'm taking suggestions. Uh. <laughs> well, I guess on that, I was just kind of like continue to like write what you want to yeah. see. And like yeah. as you change as the artist, yeah. you kind of shape public opinion on things. Yeah. Um, thank you for your question. Um, does anyone else have any questions for anyone on the panel? Yes, at the back. I just wanted to ask Louise about sort of uh, taking your casting out in the road. And obviously Sing Street is a different sort of area. Did you do cast Sing Street? No, 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 don't even know. Oh, do you want to stand up, Caroline? Just for the likes of Red Rock, I'm just wondering, is that something that you go to the production team with? Is that your idea to sort of put a big search out? Or is that something that the director comes to you with? Uh, no, that's all, that's generally from us, to be honest. Um, now it's like it's not like it's a novel or a new idea, um, but but here it is, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I suppose, like to be honest, I can only kind of examine the projects that you know we've worked on. But each project, so there's two that you mentioned there. Okay, so Red Rock, I never worked on a, a very long television series at all and um, when uh, Element Paula from Element rang and uh, was like so this is TV series and I was like yeah how many episodes she went 82 and I went <laughs> <laughs> right okay that'll be no problem so what we've had to do with Red Rock at this beginning was find actors who are you know beyond the regulars people who are kind of interested in coming in as guests sort of interesting faces all different you know what I mean yeah. accents and looks and all of that so of course you know if you look at uh, maybe actors on agents books in Dublin for example you'd run out of numbers very fast so yeah. we had to be innovative in our way so that's when we kind of went around the country and then Sing Street was <laughs> actually speaking of musicals I was kind of three or four weeks into the casting and the band have to play do you know what I mean and they're young and they had to be you know like all those things, so we had to put a band together essentially. Um, so we started with the music rather than the acting. So, like most of the band members actually had never acted before, we kind of gave them like tutorials along the way and kind of sat down and talked to them about character and just being human and all that stuff. Um, but the musical, about four weeks in, I went, Oh my god, I'm casting a musical! <laughs> I was like, should have realized that at the beginning. I was like, Yeah, I really should have. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was, that was, I mean, look, same thing. If we had gone to just the usual four or five schools it just would have been impossible so having the big and also to be honest I'd heard years ago um, Roz Hubbard talk about the commitments and the commitments is one of my favourite films mm. of all time so I like totally know it off by heart so um, Roz had talked about this big huge open casting that had happened in Dublin and Karen who works alongside me had kind of remembered the time of people queuing up with their like guitars on their back and I remember thinking that was super cool so when it came along I was like oh, imagine if we could do it like the commitments and we did Brand of applause, Louise. Anything else from the floor? Yes. Yes, person. And just in your experience, again, but just in your experience in meetings, uh, I mean, certainly in script meetings, have you come up against much mansplaining? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, I've taken meetings where I've made the contribution I felt that one should as a writer. And then be told you don't listen. You don't listen. 
talk too much. And oh, really? I know certainly that I'm looking for a call that as much as the guys are guys talking over you and then having yeah. to I mean, men always talk over yes. women, I feel like. Um, yeah. Yes. I, I, well, you know, you just have to out, out Fox. We'll let them get their things out that they need to say. And then, you know, then you, make, you can make your point. But, um, I mean, I think if someone is speaking over you like that, you can say, um, I, I'm not done. Please don't interrupt. I'm not quite finished yet. You know, you can hold that ground, obviously. Um, or let them do it and then sit silently <laughs> and be a little passive-aggressive about it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've had, I've had a, weird, a, a number of weird things happen, but I always felt like, you know, a little using the female charm offensive can be a, a good thing, um, you know, and that it's just there's 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 warmth and light that we have that men need and and you know that's what we that's what we bring to the party too. So we don't have to always clash with them. I think it's kind of it's kind of balance, right? You're reading the room, just psychoanalyzing someone and understanding a little bit of how to how to work with them, how to navigate it. I know. I know, but you do have to be a little bit of a psychologist as a as a writer, I think, and as a human, really. <laughs>